the apostles and uh, the prophets. You know, we think about the Old Testament. We think about uh, Elijah, right? Uh, all the amazing things that he did. Uh, and in the New Testament, we think about the disciples, the early disciples that walked with Jesus, and later they became apostles. And they were able to do amazing things, uh, heal the sick, the sick, um, uh, touch many lives, uh, 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 relieve people from evil spirits, and, and walk on water. I mean, just think about all the things that they were able to do. And, and I want you to think, have you ever considered, man, it's like, that would be cool if I could do that. Wouldn't it be cool if we can kind of like walk on water? Or uh, wouldn't it be cool if we can uh, touch somebody who's sick and make them feel better? Um, you know, the Bible calls uh, the apostles uh, as unschooled and ordinary men. And if we think about it, uh, pretty much a lot of us have one leg up on them. You know, a lot of, some of you have PhDs, some of you have master's degrees, uh, very well educated. So we're a little bit above them. But what did they have that we did not have? And that's what I want to talk about today. The title of the lesson is The Mission. That is not impossible. Um, they did so many amazing things. They were able to change history. They were able to change people's lives. They were able to change towns. They were, again, full of weaknesses. They were uh, sinful character. Nothing that they were, we cannot be. But yeah, they were very powerful. They worked very powerfully. So we're going to be focusing on 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4 and 5. We're going to be doing a little bit of reading. And I apologize for that, but I don't think I can present one without the other. And uh, I want us to read... Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, starting in verse 1. Uh, please join me there. It says, therefore, and I do not put the words there. I want you to open your Bibles and read it for yourself. Right. It says, therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception. No, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your slave. For Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, may his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory display in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. So in case you don't know what the jars of clays are, you are that jar of clay. Your body is that jar of clay. And inside of that jar of clay, there is an all-surpassing power that is from God and not from us. Uh, verse 8. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. We're going to go to verse 13. It says, it is written... 
I believe therefore I spoken, since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore we speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. For our lights and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And my first point is, do you believe in the mission? Because it's not just a preacher's job, which I'm not your regular scheduled preacher. It's not your Bible talk leader's job. It's everybody's job. It says that we are to present the word of God without deception and without distorting it. And that also goes when we soften the word of God just so we don't offend somebody. Because it's not us talking, it's the word of God. And we set forth the truth. We preach Jesus and we are slaves for Jesus. And we're nothing more than jars of clay. But the all-surpassing power that is from God. And we believe and we speak about Jesus. And this grace that we present is reaching more and more people for the glory of God. Let me ask you something. Are you focused on what is unseen or are you more focused on what is seen? You know, what God is saying is that if we are Jesus' disciples, then we need to use the God-given power in order for us to bestow upon, that he has bestowed upon us that we have received so we can participate in sharing the truth with other people. I know it's, uh, it's, it's, it's sometime we get sidetracked with life in general. But let me ask you this, singles. Are you guys too busy to share your faith? Are you too worried about your career and making money? And I know, I've been there. The marriage, how about you? You have kids, you have a wife, you have a husband, you have a household. You got things to do, right? The empty nesters. Are we too old? You know, you, you cannot be older than Noah or Abraham, right? Listen, we exist for the mission. Your marriage exists for the mission. Your job exists for the mission. Your college, your career, your job exists for the mission. I want to talk about belief versus conviction. Get down to the, the next slide, please. And I want to ask you this question. Keep going. Next one. Next one. Yes, next one. Right there. Now, look at that picture. Chicken wings, french fries, a lot of sauces, and a beer that is behind. If you look at that, raise your hand if you believe that this is not good for your health. Not good. Okay, think about cholesterol, fat content, sodium, sugar, calories, and junk. Keep it up. <laughs> Loud and proud. Up and high. Okay, maybe the women are saying, I don't eat those things. Okay, go to the next one. What about this one? Maybe ice cream, a tub of ice cream. 
Maybe the next one. All right. So if next one. All right. So if you eat that, raise your hand. All right. This is not good for your health. Now, do you still eat it? Exactly my point. That's the difference between belief and conviction. We believe it's not good for, you, for us, yet we still eat it. All right? Next slide. <laughs> it's funny, right? But it's the truth. I want to talk about what is worthless versus what is worthy. Second Corinthians chapter 5, and we're going to go in verse 1. It says, for we know that if, if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, no built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. Because when we're clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened, because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. So that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now that the, whole, now the one who fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given us the spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we're away from the Lord. For we live by faith, not by sight. We're confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the, from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the, judgment, uh, before the judgment seat of Christ. So that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Now that term at the end where it says whether good or bad, the real translation is whether it's worthy or worthless. It's not bad related to evil, but bad related to being worthless. What he's saying with this whole thing is that the time is fleeing. We're getting older. You know, I got here nine years ago. I was at the tender age of 40. I'm 49 now, and things are hurting, right? <laughs> Not so tender anymore. <laughs> but we're getting older, and, and this is something that we're not going to escape. And uh, sooner or later, we will have to pay taxes, and sooner or later, we will all die. Sorry to remind you about that. <laughs> but sometimes we care too much about our earthly tent. And, and we do believe that we're going to die. We do believe in God. We do believe that we're going to come in front of a judgment seat. But we don't have convictions about it. Because if we did, and I'm speaking for myself, I think we would push ourselves more to live a life worthy of the calling that we have received. And, uh, you know, if we're honest, sometimes I care more about the house. And we do need a house. We care more about retirement. We care, care too much about our jobs. You know, sometimes we care too much about how we live. Keep going to the next slide, please. And these are things done in the body that are worthless compared to eternity. You know, we do need vacations. 
We do need a job. Sometimes because we have a job, we need vacations. <laughs> but we groan. You know, right there, it says it twice, that we groan. But we don't groan to be in heaven. We, sometimes we groan because our conditions on our earthly tent are not comfortable enough. And trust me, I'm speaking for myself when I'm saying that. I hope I'm not coming uh, too uh, selfish about this. I'm not definitely not um, exempt. You know, I was more focused on retirement. I tell you the truth. I was planning my retirement already. And I was talking to my wife. This is what I think we should do. Blah, 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 blah. And uh, then something happened. And God really turned my life upside down. And I'm not going to go too much into that. But I want you to know that it was really difficult. Uh, our marriage was crumbling. We were not getting along. We felt like what is happening. And if you are in that position, we all go through stuff. You know, maybe your kids are sick. Maybe you lost your job. Whenever those dips in life happen, all of a sudden you re turn around and you realize that you don't care about your house. You don't care about your job. You don't care about anything else. Everything else is worthless. Why? Because you realize that whatever you were working towards is meaningless. You're going through a, such a difficult time that you don't care about anything else in life. And uh, that's where we were. That's where I was. And God put me through a sifting situation. And it was not pleasant. Uh, we realized that uh, we, we started talking and getting some discipling. And we realized we were not pleasing him. Uh, I know that uh, there were many things that I used to dream about doing. Preaching was one of them. And I just drifted. I stopped doing it. You know, I used to do it more often. I just stopped doing it. But then we, we started going for a prayer walk. Uh, you know, towards 2017, we started, like, changing our life. We need to focus on living our life in a way that pleases God. And uh, I was reading a book, and in the book it says, your life needs to make sense in view of eternity. If we believe in eternity, we believe in God, our life needs to make sense in view of eternity, not in view of your earthly tent. So we started, next slide. We started going for, next slide. Next slide. Right there. That's my neighborhood. We started going for a prayer walk. Next slide. That's our prayer walk. It takes about an hour. I work from home so I can go with my wife for prayer walks during our lunchtime. We started praying in, around our neighborhood, going with our little dog. And dogs are great for reaching out, sharing our faith. <laughs> we, that whole walk takes, sort of, takes us an hour. It's about three miles to go around. And uh, we started praying. And we really started praying God really help our life to make sense in view of eternity. And that prayer... had a real profound action in our life. Amen. I want you to know that we started praying for our neighbors and really reaching out to our neighbors. Next slide. That's Miss Vicky. Hey. She's our next door neighbor, real next door neighbor. She moved in not too long ago. We started sharing our faith with her. She started studying. It was a team effort. The Dumancas were involved in that Bible study. There were many people involved in that Bible study. Stever and Debs were there as well. And uh, she got baptized uh, sometime in August, I believe. That's my, like, real next door to us. And that was the answer of a prayer, of our prayer. Next slide. 
Right behind her, next to her, uh, this is the day of her baptism. Next to her is her husband, Tom. Her husband, Tom, is now studying the Bible. We're studying the Bible with him. Next slide. Okay, this is Carlos. So Carlos' story, story is a little bit more complicated. Before, one week before Carlos came into, into Texas, there was a young lady in the campus ministry in UTD who is a Chinese-American young lady who was raised atheist. She knew that there was a God, and she wanted to start looking for God. She happened to be in the same classroom as Matthew Winter. One day she's having lunch, and she sees Matthew Winter, and Matthew bows his head and starts praying. She's like, huh, he's praying. He must know something. He goes and asks him. <laughs> she goes and asks him. Matthew introduces, uh, introduces her to Emily. Emily and Cassandra started studying the Bible with her. They did the word, they did discipleship. After discipleship, um, well, the week that, uh, uh, that Carlos came, Carlos was talking to his roommate and said, hey, uh, do you know where's the church around here? And then his roommate said, well, Google it. There's hundreds of churches around here. So the, 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 the day that the lady, that the young lady did discipleship, my, my daughter said to her, you know, let's go and make disciples of all nations. And so they, they, start, they start going into UTD just re to reach out. The first guy they met was Carlos' roommate. And they invited Carlos' roommate to an UTD Friday night devotional. And Carlos, uh, the roommate said, can I invite my roommate? The girl said, of course you can invite your roommate. So the, the, Carlos came with the roommate. They had a great time. They came to church on, uh, they came to the event on Friday. They came to church on Sunday. Two, two and a half weeks later, he got baptized. Amen. Amen. Next slide. Yeah. You know, all these to say that the fruit sometimes it comes because you're praying, but it's, it, sometimes it doesn't even have anything to do with us. We just have to show up. Next slide, please. Yeah, that's uh, Michael Madrid and myself, and uh, Clint had the pleasure of studying with him. Next slide. I want to ask you, where is your mission field? Right. You know, it doesn't matter what we're doing if we're not working for the Lord. Um, we used to have a big dream, my wife and I, a uh, long time ago, about going overseas. And I, that's more my dream than her dream, but I'm always like, man, I want to I be overseas. Uh, I speak a few languages, and I'm like, I feel like, you know, I'm wasting my time. I, I need to, I don't know, I'm, I'm the type of person that I can't sit still for too long. Um, so a brother of ours, a, a discipling partner we had a long time ago, they're always thinking that way, and we always talk about going somewhere. And then one thing he said, you know, Europe is the hardest mission field there is. And I'm like, no. And I'm like, and he said, yeah, go check it out. So my wife and I, we printed out a list. Part of our prayer was like, okay, God, help us to see where you want us to go and what is it that you want us to do. So we printed a list uh, of all the churches in Europe that had under 100 churches. And uh, that, that was our route. And uh, next slide. So we ended up going from uh, Paris all the way around that blue line. We ended up, we visited eight countries, 20 cities uh, within two and a half months. And uh, we visited uh, churches in um, uh, Belgium, Netherlands, Germany, Switzerland, Spain, and Portugal. 
You know, we went on vacation. I don't want to make it sound like we were such a missionary. We went on vacation, but we did not hang the Holy Spirit in the closet. We took the Holy Spirit with us. And we were praying during our prayer time. We were praying and asking God, God, show us. Help us to have an amazing time sharing our faith. You know, when we think about what the early disciples did and the apostles and the prophets, they were being used by God to bring the word of God. It's not that they were magicians doing cool things. They were doing whatever they were doing because if they healed the sick, the sick still die. If they fed the hungry, the next day they were probably hungry again. But they were doing these things in order to bring the word of God. So I have some stories. Uh, let me check on the time. I got some stories that I want to share with you that happened with us, but I want to bring you some greetings. Next slide. Uh, this is the church in Netherlands. Next slide. Uh, this is the church in Belgium. There are about 14 disciples. Next slide. That's the teens in Belgium with Clarissa. Uh, Barcelona, by the way, they just lost a leader. So the, the church of 12 disciples are then by themselves. They need a leader. Next slide. These are some disciples from Ukraine. Uh, he's getting his master in the church in Barcelona. And uh, they, they, they were <laughs> learned. He went to uh, Barcelona to get his master's. So they speak Ukrainian and English and Spanish is really hard. So they were happy that we were there that we speak. <laughs> <laughs> they spoke Spanish, but it was hard. Next slide. Uh, this is uh, the same disciples from Barcelona. We were watching the game Spain versus Russia in the World Cup in, in a restaurant. Next slide. This is uh, about 40 disciples are in the church in Madrid. Next slide. Uh, we were in Geneva, Switzerland. That's the English-speaking section with the brother facing us. He was translating for us. Next slide. Yeah, that's, uh, there are about 50 disciples. Next one. Uh, some campus students from uh, Georgia were there serving uh, in the church in Lyon. Don't say Lyon. They don't like that. And Geneva, next one. Uh, this is uh, the Berlin campus uh, group, an uh, amazing set of kids. We got to have lunch with them. Uh, there's some great-looking young men and, uh, and young sisters, if anybody wants to go over there. <laughs> next one. Oh, the audio. <laughs> So they're saying hello, Dallas. That's the church. All right. Hello, Dallas. <laughs> Amen. Next slide. Next one. All right. So I want to ask you, you know, where is your mission field, whether it's locally or internationally? Again, the whole reason why God gave us the Holy Spirit is not for us to have it in our pocket. We're supposed to be using it. You know, I want to share about our, our time. We went to, uh, uh, in, in uh, Barcelona, we, oh, we only use Airbnb, right? And uh, you have to read the Airbnb description. You have to read it carefully. Otherwise, you end up renting a room in an apartment and not the whole apartment. And uh, we found out in Geneva that the, the room that my wife had rented in uh, Barcelona, it was a room, not an apartment. It's a common thing over there, but to me, it was not that common. So here I am, 
a father and a husband with my wife and my, and my 14-year-old daughter. And thoughts, well, thoughts are flowing through my head. I don't know these people. Who are we staying with? But very uncomfortable. All the way the train ride from, Geni from uh, south of France to Barcelona. We got to Barcelona. And I was still struggling, and my wife was like, sorry, I didn't know. I read the description, but it wasn't that clear. <laughs> so we got to the apartment, and it was 2 in the morning, and I was still wrestling. With, and we were inside the apartment in our bedroom, and I was wrestling with weird ideas, like they're going to burst through the door. They're going to molest my daughter. I can't go to sleep. You know, I don't trust these people. At 2 in the morning is when God said to me, shut up and go to sleep. I felt like God said, are you going to trust me or not? Yeah. And, uh, you know, honestly, sometimes when God sends you to do something, it takes you out of your comfort zone completely. And I was, like, wrestling with it. Finally, at 2 in the morning, I pray, okay, God, I have no idea why you put us here, but we're here. I'm not going to cancel this Airbnb because it's going to cost me a lot, of more, a lot of money. I still got to get something else. So I surrender to the idea. Right. The next day, I sat, I, started, I sat with the guy, the owner of the apartment. He was a Brazilian guy. I speak Portuguese, so we started talking. Um, it was just amazing because by 1 in the morning, we were talking about God. By 1.30, we were reading the Word of God and doing the study about the Word of God. By 1.45, we were praying. And I want you to think, what opportunity, I mean, that, the whole thing, the whole idea that I was able to share with somebody from Brazil and Barcelona, the word of God, and that he was broken, and he was reading the word of God with me, total stranger, and I was challenging him, and then we were praying, that is only because of God. And yet I was crying the day before, I don't want to be here, you know, not literally crying, but I was feeling overwhelmed because I didn't want to be there, but yet that's where God took me to be. Yeah. So sometimes we need to be allow God to take us where he wants to take us. There was um, an Uber driver that we met in Madrid. He was taking us to the train station to take our train. And we started having, it was like a traffic and all that. It was like a 35 minute drive, but it felt forever. We started talking and before you know it, he was crying, really sharing his life with us, being broken about where he had taken his family, that he has lost his family. And then come out that he was saying, you know, I started going to a church and they started studying the Bible with me, you know, and they started showing me. And by the end of the ride, we were praying together and my wife was challenging him to really continue to finish the work that he has started, not just studying the Bible, but get baptized and surrender his life to Christ. Again, all these things, it's not anything I did, but it's the Holy Spirit working through me Amen. and through my family. And the coolest thing is my daughter was able to see the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You cannot put a price on that. How are you going to teach her? How am I going to teach my daughter about the Holy Spirit by keeping her in a safe crystal box. Doesn't work that way. The last story that I have is Portugal. We were never... <laughs> it's just crazy because we were never meant to go to Portugal. We were supposed to fly back from Madrid. 
And what God did, he took all the flights, uh, paid the flights with uh, points or miles. And it's 30,000 miles to get from the United States to, to, uh, to uh, Europe. And God took all the flights from Portugal coming back to the States and the, the, from Madrid. So I had to Google, I had to go to American Airlines find out how can I get back to the States with 30,000 miles per person, because it's three people, that's 90,000 miles, so a total 180 miles, I didn't have no more miles. And I didn't want to spend any more money because this was not cheap, trust me. <laughs> so I was like, how am I gonna get back? And I was starting to check, 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 check from Barcelona, from different, the only place that I can get, it was a flight from Portugal to Philadelphia, Philadelphia to San Antonio, San Antonio to DFW. Two days of flying for 30,000 miles. I was upset. I'm like, I don't want to go through this hoop of going one to the other, to the other, to the other, but that's the only flight that was available. So needless to say, we had to go to Portugal, and we, which meant that we had to get an Airbnb in Portugal. And uh, it was not part of the plan, but amen, God is sending us to Portugal. You know, we do not know why God sent us to Portugal. There was no church in Portugal, so like no reason to go to Portugal. Uh, and we were ready to come home. It was exhausting. We got a call from a brother in Barcelona that we met saying, hey, there's some disciples in, in Portugal, and they would love to meet you if you give them some time. If I give them some time, I have, I have five days, nothing to do there, right? <laughs> <laughs> I got time. So needless to say, we went to Portugal. Um, we, they, they set up a picnic at 2 o'clock in, uh, in, the, in the afternoon. We spent all afternoon, all evening, and the next day with them. They were crying. Their wife was really moved by the fact that we gave time to them. There was a church there in 2003, and the church uh, ceased to exist, and uh, there were some disciples left there with no church to go to, and they ended up going through different churches. Uh, the sister was hugging my wife and, and with tears in her eyes saying how much it meant that we make some time to have fellowship with them and have real disciples come over, and she was desperate to be part of a real church that believe in the word of God. Amen. You know, these are the things that if we didn't allow God to take us where he wanted us to go, these are the things we would have missed. Right. And again, I'm sharing this because I was convicted of how many years I was in the back seat doing nothing. It was time to be part of the mission. Um, I want to share with you uh, the last point is uh, pray, share, and care. You know, we all, as disciples of Jesus, have a mission, and this mission is called the Ministry of Reconciliation. And uh, we have to do it anywhere. Wherever we go, wherever we do, it's part of our mission. We have no choice. I want to start reading in verse 11 of uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It says, Since then we know what it is to fear the Lord, we try to persuade others. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it is also plain to your conscience. We're not trying to commend ourselves to you again, 
but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is, uh, uh, sorry, rather than in what is in the heart. If we are out of our mind, as some say, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore, therefore all die. And die for all, and he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but, but for him who died for them and was right, right, raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Now listen to this. Verse 17. Therefore... If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The all has gone. And the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. What is that? That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sin against them. And he has committed to us. Who's us? Anyone who is in Christ. He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had not sinned to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. You know, the God of heaven and earth, the creator of the universe, is counting on us. I don't know, but if I would be God, I don't think I would be counting on me. (laughs) But again, he is God, I am not. And he's counting on us to bring this message of reconciliation. If we're disciples of Jesus, I ask us, do we know how to help people to be reconciled with God? You know, do we make the appeal? I mean, God is imploring, you know, be reconciled. Are we living for ourselves or are we living for God? Again, this is not the preacher's job. It's anyone who is, that is in, on, in Christ. You know, if God Almighty sends you to make an appeal on his behalf, do we ignore it because we're too busy? I think it's... The way that I read it, it's a salvation issue almost. Not almost, it is. Uh, You know, if you're visiting with us, would you consider hearing what the creator of the universe has to say and why he cares so much that you're reconciled with him? You know, he sent someone to invite you. He coordinated the planets and the moon and the stars and your life somebody else's life and and again all my sharing was to show you the extent that God goes through to coordinate just so you could be invited by someone and he can make the appeal you know maybe you're a believer but honestly you don't know how to make the appeal and there's a little voice inside of you telling you hey you need to consider this how do I bring the message of reconciliation to those around us 
It's, it's important. Eternity is at stake. Again, we go back to belief versus conviction. We all believe that there is a God, and we all believe there's eternity. We all believe there's a heaven, but we don't have sometimes the conviction. Let's be part of the mission. I'll leave you with this practical. You know, I want you to consider, do this, pray. Pray for guidance from God. Pray and ask God, am I right with you, God? You know, who does God want me to make the appeal to? You know, share with others. Share what God has done for you. Make the appeal on Christ's behalf. Persuade others to come to Christ, not to church. Because we don't invite you to church. We invite you to a relationship with Christ. We just happen to meet together so we can worship him. Uh, Present the truth boldly without deceit nor destruction. Care for others. You cannot make an appeal if you don't care. You know, you can share whatever you want to share, but if you don't care, that ends up being theology. And nobody cares about theology. Be friendly. Our light shines when you are actually care. You know, that, that guy in, the, in, the, in, the, uh, in Madrid, the, the taxi driver, the reason why he broke down and the reason why he shared his life with us is because we care. We made him feel that we care. You know, be friend with someone that is not like you and share with them. You know, make real relationships, even if the people are not like you, even if they don't like you. God calls us to bring the message of reconciliation. You know, I want for all of us to be part of this, mis- of this mission that God has given us of the message of reconciliation. Man, let's go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, God, we, we thank you so much for the incredible opportunity uh, that you have given us to be part of this mission, God. I pray that the Holy Spirit would move powerfully through each of us, God, that are in Christ, and that we can be that person that can make an appeal to others, Father, to bring the message of reconciliation to a hurting world, God. God, I thank you so much for your patience, your kindness, your love towards us, God, that you send your only son to die on the cross for our sins. We love you. We thank you and pray in Jesus' name. Amen.